welcome to The Faith Space. We are your hosts, Kate Newell and Dylan Doyle-Burke. The Faith Space is a leadership development organization dedicated to creating a holistic, sustainable world cultivated through personal empowerment and systemic transformation. Join us in reclaiming our connection and reviving our faith. Our guest today is Senator Jeff Bridges, uh, Colorado State Senator from District 26. And Jeff says, if anyone knows where District 26 is, he'll buy you a cup of coffee, any of our listeners. So follow up on that. Jeff is... No Googling. That's cheating. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff is a graduate of Harvard Divinity School. He has his Master's of Divinity. He also worked as Communications Director for Union Theological Seminary, City of New York. And he is a good friend of mine from way back. Um, he comes from powerful people, um, really an amazing family, great stock, and of course, um, an Arapaho High School graduate. So proud, proud Arapaho warrior. Represents. We come from the same town, Littleton, Colorado, and it is such an honor to have you here, Jeff. Thank you, very sitting much for senator, you. my senator, actually. Oh, nice. Um, so it makes it really personal, and we always like to start with a welcome in your faith space. So where are we? Why are we here? Give us some context. So we are currently in the Colorado State Senate, uh, full stop. We are in the Colorado State Senate. This is, <laughs> this is where the magic happens. So the walls are red, which I find a little oppressive, but uh, apparently the walls in the Senate are red and in the House they're green because in the House of Lords in England, the walls are red, and in the House of Commons in England, the walls are green. And so when it was when folks were deciding what colors to paint the walls, they based it on that. And I overheard that from a tour guide as I was working at my desk <laughs> one day. So I hope that's true. But that's what the Do tour guide said. Do you feel like anyway. a lord in, in this space? Oh, it, it, is, it is a very different place from the house. So I was in the state house for two years. Uh, the, the comparison I use is the house is like a middle school. It's really energetic and there's cliques and, um, you know, all the other things that go with middle school. And, <laughs> and then the Senate is more like a one-room schoolhouse. You are just, everybody is in everyone's face all the time, and uh, everyone is, is just so important. And if you doubt that, then, then just ask, <laughs> and they will let you know how important they are. So it's, it's a totally different feel. It's, it's half the people, um, and, uh, uh, but it feels like a much, much smaller group. The possibilities here are very different from the house. It is very special to be able to have a podcast recorded in the Colorado State Senate yeah, I hope room this is okay. on the floor. I hope I don't get in trouble for this later. Oh, it's, it's, it's okay with me. You're, so. a, lord. you're a lord here, Jeff. That's right. That's so, I don't know. So, or should we say Senator Bridges? I mean, Senator in, Bridges, that's true. Sure. It's fine if you call me Jeff. Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Jeff the Senator. Or Senator Bridges, if you prefer. Or El Dutorino, if you're down to the whole brevity. So this is something I did want to clear up. Um, So you are not the musician. Uh, The actor? Yeah. He he released (laughs) an album at some point. He did release an album. (laughs) You're right. right. On on his Wikipedia page, there is uh, for the album released by Jeff Bridges, click here. And then it it says, for the Colorado politician, click Mm. here. So I made it. I am on Jeff Bridges' Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that his Twitter Twitter. I, I moved quickly on the Twitter, and I got at Jeff Bridges, and he is. Uh, I really hate that real 
Jeff Bridges, that would be like very insulting because I'm a real Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. I think anyone that has that in their in their Twitter profile is probably compensating for something. Um, but uh, I am I am the uh, I am Jeff Bridges, and he is the Jeff Bridges, and I will give oh. that to him. He is the, the Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. That's just facts. No, you're definitely a Jeff Bridges. I'm a Jeff Bridges. A dude, not the dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, so going back to where we so are. So we're, we're in the state senate. And uh, you name this as your faith space, or a faith space. Yeah. A you. faith space. I, I think that if if we are the hands of feet of God in the world, and in a, in a democratic republic, or sorry, in, in a representative democracy, uh, we are, as, as citizens, the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people. And uh, again, if we're the hands and feet of God in the world and the government is, is us, then this is where we, we practice caring for each other. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where um, that hands and feet of God in the world comes to life. This is where we work. This is where we do that work. I think more so than in any other form of government, we have a responsibility to work towards justice. I couldn't agree more. I feel like I grew up in this building as well. I started working here at 18. Um, But it's really, you have a different perception because you came from seminary. Mm -hmm. So you have a a master's of divinity. Uh, So I see how that ties in a little bit here, but can we backtrack a little? Why did you go to seminary? Uh, Did you want to be ordained? And what is your tradition? What is your theology a little bit around Sure. So uh, I, I will say I'm the only member of the legislature right now with a Master's of Divinity. <laughs> so just me. And I'm a Democrat. So figure that one out. <laughs> and I, my, my sort of faith background, my story is in high school. So I went to Arapahoe. Uh, you know, I, I grew up um, sort of agnostic and went to Sunday school with some friends of mine on Wednesdays. That's when it was uh-huh. uh, at Arapahoe, just to oh, sort of figure right. out what. As you do, you think Wednesdays. it would be on yeah, Sunday, you think, but think yeah. Sunday school, huh? Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, and just you know, try to explore. Youth pastors, God bless them, they <laughs> did not have the capacity to answer the kinds of questions I had, mm-hmm. and so that didn't really take. I uh, went to college and took a class on the binding of Isaac, actually. It was, we, it was a quest, the, the class was called Quest for Justice, and one day we studied the binding of Isaac. And through talking about what happened in that story, the professor described Abraham as having this voice in his head. And the voice was telling him crazy things. And he had to decide either he was insane or this really was God. And, and it was, there was no reason to believe one or the other. It was a choice that he had to make. And so that was the first time I really saw it as, as a choice, right? Like faith is, is neither rational nor irrational. It's irrational. There's no, it's not like you're, the lights are off in a dark room and you believe that there's a black cat somewhere in the room. And if you could just turn the lights on, you'd see the cat. Mm. There is no cat. It's not the kind of thing that you can prove. Uh, it's, it's something that you either choose to believe or not. And, and that was the first time that that, that possibility ever really uh, was open to me. And then I was in D.C., and I was uh, very unhappy and just wanted to go experience something beautiful. And so I went to the National Cathedral mm. in D.C. for an Evensong service. And it was this beautiful choral service in one of the most beautiful places in the world. And there was a woman presiding, and she talked about social justice. And it was the first time I ever left a church feeling closer to God. Huh. So I'm like, what is this place? Uh, and looked into it. It's an Episcopal 
Cathedral and looked into the Episcopal Church. For historical reasons, the Episcopal Church is much more focused on the questions than the answers, mm-hmm. uh, having to do with Bloody Mary and Queen Elizabeth and conflicts between the Anglicans and the Catholics. And Elizabeth said, just go to church, stand up, sit down. I don't care what you think you're doing while you're there. Just just do that. And so even, even more so than a lot of other traditions, Episcopalians uh, believe that we're one body because we share one cup, not because we all believe the same thing about the cup. Mm-hmm. So it's not about that belief system so much as it's about the liturgy and, and the structure. And, and so I got really drawn in, went to catechumenate, which is sort of like Episcopal training for uh, folks who are joining the church. And the first class was on sin. And I'm like, well, yes. here, we, here we go. It's a heck of a way to start. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, and so by the end of the class, the definition of sin that we came to was anything that gets in the way of the relationships that God wants you to have with other people, with yourself, with God, and with creation. And I'm like, that's great. It's, mm-hmm. it's super contextual. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, gluttony, sloth. It's, it's not this list of things to do and not do. It's, it's, it's situational. It's contextual. It's also and, not blind faith. And it's not defined as some right. sort of creed that you have to right. recite. You get to define right. it to a certain exactly. degree. Exactly. The catechism for Catholics is very large. The catechism for, in the, the Episcopal Book of, uh, the Book of Common Prayer, is like pages. And it just asks questions and leaves the answers pretty open. And I love that. Uh, I love that about um, my faith tradition. So I joined the Episcopal Church, and and then um, the lessons were over, and I wanted to keep learning. I mean, I had a whole lot of years to make up for. And so I applied to Divinity School, and for me it was, it, I, I'd looked at some other places, but it really came down to either Harvard or staying here at home and uh, going to Iliff. And so Harvard let me in, <laughs> and, and, uh, and if they're dumb enough to let me in, I'm not dumb enough to say no. <laughs> so I did three years at Harvard to get my MDiv, and it was fantastic. I loved it. I joked that it was penance, because uh, I'd worked on a lot of political campaigns before then, but mm. it's only sort of a joke. You know, campaigns can be really hard on the soul, as you know very well yeah. uh, with your experience there. But you also okay. met the love of your life. I did. I did. Who is a badass life. woman in her own right. She is. Much, Soon much smarter than I am. Doctor that's right. Bridges. Doctor, that's right. Doctor Anne Marie Masika's Bridges. Yeah. She's amazing. And and much smarter than I am. And in politics, you know, people always introduce their beautiful wife or something like that. And I always introduce my brilliant wife. Mm-hmm. And she is also beautiful. Uh, but people who haven't talked to her uh, sort of snicker at that because it's politics and there's still much sexism in the world, believe it or not. Wow. Oh, I'm yeah, so shocked to it's, hear it's, this, Jeff. Uh, it's really... Whoa. We experience it. And and then they talk to her for like a minute and a half, and they realize that she's mm-hmm. getting her PhD at Harvard, and they're like, oh, oh, no, she she really is brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she really is smarter than me. That's fine. I'm very smart. I have no... Like, it's not like... I'm not um, self-deprecating in that. She's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Has she impacted your faith journey? Huge. Yeah, she's deeply Calvinist. Huh. And so it's it's interesting when um, uh, Bloody Mary, Queen Mary, was uh, on the throne, a lot of the folks that had sort of founded the Anglican tradition escaped to Geneva and hung out with Calvin. And so there's a lot of Calvinism. When they came back, there's a lot of Calvinism sort of woven into uh, the the Anglican Church. And the Episcopal Church is the Anglican Church in America. Or the Episcopal Church because the Anglicans um, wouldn't give us a bishop. But the Scottish Anglicans, the Episcopalians, would give us bishops so we could make our own bishop. There's all sorts of rules about how many bishops it takes to make a bishop. Anyway, so... (laughs) 
the Episcopal Church in the United States. And it's, it's, they, they didn't want to give us that power. So, so, so we're the Episcopal both, Church. You, but you and Anne-Marie are both Episcopalian. No, she is Calvinist. And um, she grew up in um, the Dutch Reformed Church. Mm-hmm. She went to Denver Christian. Uh-huh. And, um, and, she, and so she's, she's deeply Calvinist. She doesn't, she doesn't like church, though. I hear that. Yeah. I also do. For, <laughs> I hear that. I do, strongly. Yeah. Um, I like high church. I really, I love high course, church. You're Episcopalian. I know, that it's sounds, great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the like singing with your hands in the air about Jesus that just really feels, I bet. I will oh, say too. That chafes for me. I want to share with our listeners, just because we love love stories. We had another couple on who was also spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell all the listeners briefly that you met your wife because you were both. Do you want me to tell the story? Yes, please. All right, so it was admitted students' day at uh, at Harvard Divinity School, and the way she tells it is there's this this cafeteria line sort of thing. It was a it was a buffet. She has her tray of food, and it was like a flashback to middle school. She's like, "Who am I going to sit with? I don't know any of these people." And from across the room, she sees a guy wearing cowboy boots, and so she comes up and she goes, "Hey, nice boots." And I look at her, and I she's she's well dressed, she's beautiful. I assume that she is some East Coast snob making fun of my cowboy boots, and so I kind of get in her face, and I'm like, "Look, I'm from Colorado, okay? So I can wear cowboy boots." And she gets right back in my face and says, "Yeah, I'm from Colorado too, and I like your boots." <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I married her. Right, absolutely. It's <laughs> the only recovery. But also, logical next step. Yeah. That's what a spiritual thing that you both grew up miles from each mm-hmm. other, just really right down the road. And you had to go all the way to Harvard Divinity School yeah. to find your soul. Well, also eight years. It would have been awkward if we dated while I was in high school. And illegal. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's well, <laughs> clear of what that means. Um, but do, do you view it as like a spiritual, I don't know, I actually don't know what the Episcopals believe about mm-hmm. things like fate, um, mm-hmm. or what you personally believe about things like, like destiny, fate, or soulmates. I don't know. I it's it's. I mean, I think this is true for a lot of people. It it, it goes in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are times when I'm feeling more connected um, to the divine, and there are times when I really struggle and I'm really angry. Um, you know, my um, about a month after my first election, my younger brother passed away mm. from a heart attack. Just mm. super random, um, and. Uh, um, you know, no drugs in the system, anything like that. Just heart attack at 27. And so you look at that, and it is, it's is—it's been a hard relationship with God um, from there. Uh, so, you know, I, I think at the time, I definitely... So after we had that interaction um, uh, over my cowboy boots, uh, we, we interacted a few more times, and, and I was getting close to time to catch my flight. And I tend to push it pretty hard anyway, but I pushed it a little more. And because I was looking for her everywhere, trying to find her to get her number and, and just her an email address and stay in touch. And as I was walking back to the cab stand, this is back before Uber. So I was walking back to the cab stand in Harvard Square. And, um, and I was like, all right, God, you know, if you don't want me to, to know this woman right now, then I get it. That's fine. And I was getting in a cab. And I hear this person go, Jeff, and I look up and it's her. And, and she goes, are you going to the airport? And I go, uh-huh. 
she goes, do you want to share a cab? And I go, yes! <laughs> and then she's like, well, I need to go get cash. I'm like, no, 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 no time. Come on, go, go, go. <laughs> so um, two years later, it's our third year at Divinity School, and it's Admitted Students Day again, and I take her to the cab stand, and I get down on one knee, and I ask her oh my God. if she'll marry me, and this time she says yes. Oh, wow. So I love it. Full circle. Wow. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you hold that intention in terms of like the, an idea of like God's plan or not mm-hmm. with your younger brother's death? It's hard. It's super hard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like uh, your calling as a senator, mm-hmm. like your job, is that divinely inspired? Is that destiny for you to be doing this work in this way? And do you, does that link at all to the transition of your brother? I mean, I certainly use the word calling when I describe this. You know, it's, um, I worked in politics for a long time. There's so much good that you can do uh, in, in government. I mean, there's just the, the money itself. You know, there was, there was a day last year when, you know, when I was in the House uh, where some folks made a deal on funding for education, and I thought they were leaving millions of dollars on the table. And, and I thought that our kids deserved more. And so even though the lobbyists had cut a deal with uh, some folks in leadership, I was just livid. And so I, I called every education lobbyist I could think of, and I chewed them out. And I was really quite mean. Uh, I don't think I've ever been that mean to uh, people here in the building. Because they were, they, were, they were screwing our kids, is, is what they were doing. And I was just livid. And so um, the next day, uh, we got $25 million more dollars. <laughs> Like, you know, it, it, what, what other job can I do where in a day I get $25 million for kids? And not just that one year, but that's ongoing funding. If we hold the negative factor, this is, we can get into education policy. But anyway, if we, if we hold funding for education steady year over year, that's $25 million every year that came from, that wouldn't be there if, if I hadn't been there to, to yell and scream and and throw, throw a fit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so much good you can do in this job. Just mm-hmm. so much good. Do you feel like you, you said earlier, like hands and feet of God. Mm-hmm. Is that different or similar as to like, do you feel like a channel for God? Like, do you feel like when you cast a vote, you are connected to spirit or are you kind of representing spirit or what is that relationship? Hmm. I doesn't, I don't think about that. That's not something that enters me when I'm voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of spiritual practices do you have in this building? Oh, you know, you, you know, your 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 mom once told me that she, as she goes up and down the stairs, she would uh, sing hymns to herself, huh. to, like fortify her against the trials in this building. It's hard, you know. This this building is 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 hard, and you know, I think that one of the ways that I try and conduct myself is is with humility and with love for all of the people that I'm interacting with, even the people who are just so wildly wrong, um, painfully wrong. And, uh, you know, there's a humility you have to have. So my, my thesis, my master's thesis was on negative theology as political theology. And negative theology is this fifth century, it goes back to fifth century um, Christianity, and it's the idea that, that, that um, there is that God is beyond anything we could think of, is beyond any definition. Anything that we could think of is God is more than that. Um, so the only, the only true thing you can do is, is to unsay the things you've said. So it's called apophaticism. Anyway, um, 
Very complex. The idea is that you can't know what God's will is, but you can still operate within God's will. Um, you can, um, you can uh, uh, still, you can still do good things, right? Like you mm-hmm. can still, um, yeah, you can't know God's will, but you can you can work in alignment with God's will. But because you can't know what God's will is, you always have to maintain an, an epistemological humility. You have mm-hmm. to know deep down that you could be wrong. And not only that, but God's will could be that you're fighting with this person. God's will, it could be God's, God's will that, that you feel passionately about where you are, and this other person also feels passionately about where they are, and you fight it out. I mean, God used Pharaoh, right? God, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh was an instrument of God in that case. Uh, he was wrong and terrible and horrible, but um, he was he was um, as much an instrument of God in that case as uh, anyone else in, in the flight from Egypt. So you just have to go about it with humility and and just because um, you never know when you're going to be Pharaoh. It's, yeah, like you who, never know. You, you never it's know true. if you're Pharaoh or Moses. You ne- that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, you never know if you're Pharaoh or Moses. Uh, I just want to clarify. Earlier, you said your mother. You're talking about Senator Linda Newell, which is. Yes, Kate's. when I said your mother, I meant Kate's, Kate's mom. <laughs> just for yeah. listeners out there, I just want to Dylan's make sure. That mom. They, well, my, 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 we can talk about my mother sometimes. <laughs> yeah. She's also a wonderful woman. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. I was uh, curious in the time that we have remaining when you talk about the immense amount of good that you can do in this position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in vogue um, mm-hmm. to cast politicians and people in political office as doing a certain level of not good, mm-hmm. or some people might say evil or sin, as we were talking about earlier. Do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on that? Yeah, there's a lot of, there are at least some very prominent elected officials in this country that I think really work every day at dividing us and doing whatever they can to win a political victory and not to win a victory for the people they represent. And you see that more and more in Washington. I'm really proud that here in Colorado, 96% of the bills that we passed this last year were bipartisan. And 100% of the bills the first two years I was here because the Senate was controlled by Republicans, so anything that passed had to have bipartisan support. But we have full control, Democratic control of the, the House, the Senate, and the governor's office. We don't have to have Republican votes. And yet the bills we passed were of a kind that 96% of them had Republican support at some point along the way, and half of Republicans voted in favor of two-thirds of, what, of, of the bills we passed. So it's not just like there was one or two Republicans voted for everything. There was a, a huge number of Republicans that supported the things that we were doing in the Democratic majority. And, and that's because we, I think in this building, prioritized do, passing good policy. Not just getting political wins that we can take back to our voters and, and thump on, but really doing what's what's in the best interest of the people of Colorado. Sometimes it's not always super popular, but we we try and do what what's best. And I remember um, thinking even in, in third grade that that you know, people didn't respect the public service the way that I think that that it deserved to be respected. And I think maybe that's just a feature of American politics, that politicians are always under assault. I think right now it's especially true, though. And, and if we don't believe in our elected officials, then we stop believing in the process. We stop believing in government. And when that happens, when, when people lose faith in government and they, they don't think the government is doing what it is that they want, 
it's not like it's not like we slide into some libertarian utopia where government just slowly recedes and the private sector you know fills in it's it's uh, it's tyranny that that leads to you know when the trains don't run on time and and someone says I'm the only one who can fix this um, that's not that's not conducive to the future of, of democracy. And, and even though, as, as Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. We <laughs> right. haven't found something right. better. Mm. And, and I, I know there will be some people saying, we live in a republic, not a democracy. Well, we live in, in a representative democracy, which is a form of democracy. So yes, it is correct to say we're both a republic and we are a democracy. So you can Google that if you want to, but <laughs> either one is accurate. I get in, awesome. in, in Facebook fights on this all the time. People <laughs> like, I say, oh, this is good for the, for the democracy. And people are, we're not a democracy. Whatever. Love that answer. Thank you. Especially someone who has a political and spiritual background. Um, <laughs> so we just have a few minutes left, and we're, we'd love to ask you some rapid-fire questions. Can I actually just go a bit deeper on the, the, the yeah. respect for politicians sure. piece? So this is, this is actually, I think, the biggest challenge we face right now, is the lack of faith that people have in their elected officials. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it is the most dangerous um, the most dangerous thing we have right now because of what it could lead to politically. And, and certainly income inequality is is, is, a, is an enormous challenge we face. The environmental crisis is is um, something crisis. we have to address. Right, yep. it is a crisis. There are all sorts of, of enormous challenges we face. We won't be able to overcome any of them if our government breaks down. So I I think that the biggest challenge we face is is restoring uh, a sense in folks that they can trust their government. And so. When and you use the word faith, faith in. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, I think that's... So you're on the, the Faith Space yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted space. to for, pull that out. Good tag. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, you know, when I knock doors, I work really hard to listen. You know, the, the, the way we knock doors on my campaign is not knock, knock, read the script, can I count on your vote? The way we knock doors is knock, knock, you know, hi, I'm Jeff Bridges, I'm your state senator. This last year I got a half a billion dollars for education. We're working on transportation and uh, would love to hear what it is that you care about. And they sort of look at you and they're like, you want, you want to know what I care about? And getting people to have a conversation, they just want you to leave, right? When, when someone from in, in politics shows up at your door, People just want you to go. And so they're trying to figure out, how do I get this person to go? And what you have to do is convince them the way you get me to leave is by having a conversation with me. And then once they start having a conversation, they don't want you to go. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, it's a totally different experience for them. The way most campaigns knock doors is super dehumanizing. It's, uh, it, 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 it instrumentalizes the person as nothing more than a vote. And it instrumentalizes the door knocker as, as nothing more than the seeker of that vote. And, and what we really try and do is have connections between people. It is, it is about the person knocking the door and the person whose who's home uh, we're, we're knocking and, and making that real. And if, you know, and afterwards we, we go back and we send postcard follow-ups. We say, great, great talking with you. And getting a handwritten note in the mail, I think that just changes the way people think. Uh, changes their interaction. And so in, in everything I do, I, I try to do it in a way that, that, that shows people that they can trust in their government. And if, if you don't vote for me, it's, it's fine. I still represent you. I'm not, I, I'm not one of those people that only cares about the people that voted for them. And if that's how you act in government, then you shouldn't be in government. Um, well, we got to defeat those people. There is, there is real evil out there, 
and there is real structural sin, and we are enmeshed in it, and we need to fight it, and we need to win. Um, and part of how we do that is by rebuilding those connections. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's part of part of what we do as the faith space is leadership development. It seems like that's part of your leadership style as well as building those mm-hmm. collaborations, those partnerships. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the idea. Yeah, I try. I do my best. Yeah. Put my cell phone on everything that's out there. Nobody ever calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'm, I don't respond to emails and text messages as quickly as I wish I would. Uh, I could do better. I could always do better. That's humility. That's right? the humility always part. Yeah. Humility. <laughs> I could be better. Yeah. Can we ask you just a couple rep- Lightning round. Let's Lightning go. Round. Lightning round. Yeah. Um, so just, it's a complete the sentence. Oh, okay. okay. Re- I, can't, I can't see that far without my glasses. So My relationship really... with Jesus is? Complex. Uh, and, and ever-evolving. Okay. <laughs> Best bill I sponsored last session. Full-day kindergarten for every Colorado kid. No question on that one. Uh, my favorite Bible verse or story? Parable of the Good Samaritan. Least favorite Bible verse or story? Least favorite. Oh, come on. You've got to have a list of these two, right? Is it, uh, you like the whole thing? The whole thing is so good. Uh, it's called <laughs> the good book for a actually, reason. There's actually so much in there that's really messed up that it's kind of hard to pick. Like, what's the one most messed up thing uh, in there? Hmm. The misreading I think people have of Paul um, when he is, he's such a contextual writer and so many folks take what he says out of context and use it to do really unchristian things to other people. I'm talking about LGBTQ equality here yeah. in case mm-hmm. that wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wish people knew about me. Well, I, I wish when, when those people call and, and treat me like so when you're an elected official, people sort of forget that you're a person, and they just treat you like you're just a politician. And I wish people would remember that I'm a person, too. Mm-hmm. And, and they can have a, like a real person connection with me, and that you know, we're all humans. We're all doing our best. I wish they would remember that I'm a human. <laughs> I breathe. I, you know, I breathe. I put my pants on one leg at a time. Just, right. You know. Well, and you've talked about love. You've talked about grief, um, family. You've talked about calling and leadership. And that is human to everyone. That's innate mm-hmm. within all of us. Thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for your intention and investment in being a spiritual leader in a very different realm, in your faith space. My faith space. In the Colorado State Senate Chambers. Do you have any last words for our audience, especially aspiring leaders? What might you have wanted to know or needed to know Hmm. when you started this journey? To quote Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. Okay. Is that good? That's good. That's good wrap up. That's excellent. Come on. What's what's better than Bill and Ted? That's how every every interview should end. And so uh, to our listeners out there, uh, may you go in peace. May you continue to lead in whatever leadership capacity you find yourself in. May you continue to serve with your full heart and with your full intention to do good in this world. Remember that you are a blessing and you are blessed.